are so happy to be back with our family in Stockton. We love you all. You know, Guy and I, we were talking and we were like, how many years have we been coming to Stockton? I think it's maybe 14 years. I um, Yeah, it's been a while. So we love you all. Most of you know us and I know some of you too and I love you. Can we just give a hug? Just stretch your hand, let's, let's hug. It's been one year since we've seen each other. Let's just hug. Oh, love you, 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 love you. There you go. You know I'm a hugger, so if you need a love a hug, I'll give you a hug. But I just wanted to start with one too. Let's close our eyes and pray together. Heavenly Father, we come to you today. This is a special day. This is a day of encounter. This is a day of miracles. This is a day of letting go. This is a special day. And we give you all the glory and all the honor. Holy Spirit, have your way. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, a few days ago... Uh, Destiny and I, we came from Paris, we were in Belgium and then we drove all the way from Belgium to Paris and Guy was already in America and we were in Europe for four months, we were on a mission trip for four months, every week we were in another country in Europe. Uh, since September, so when I, we came to the airport, you know we have to pack with a lot of bags, if you see us, if you see our car, when Pastor Mark had to pick us at the airport before, you know that we are fully loaded. <laughs> we come like with six bags, big bags, or eight big bags. We have all our books. We have all our stuff for so many months. So we are fully loaded. So a few days ago, I came at the airport, Destiny and I, we came at the airport in Paris, and usually Guy weighs the bags before we go to the airport to make sure that they are all 70 pounds. But you know, to lift that 70 pounds, I had the scale, but I didn't have the, I didn't have the courage to weigh those 70 pounds and that, just like to lift it up. So I went to the airport and one of the suitcases, they put it on the scale, they say it's 100 pounds. And I'm like, oh no. So I had some excessive baggage. <laughs> and they were like, oh, you can pay. But you know, we have the highest level with the airlines, so they should be favorable towards us. But you know, if you have excessive baggage, they will charge you a lot of money for excessive baggage. They will charge you for every pound that you bring, and it pays to travel light. But you know, I am from Belgium and we have Belgian chocolate, so I carry around Belgian chocolate. So I had one person with me, they said 100 pounds. Yeah, so I said, okay, no problem. So I took out the bag, I took out some of the chocolate that I had. Okay, when, whenever they weighed it, it was 70 pounds. It was good to go. Then they weighed the next one, 75 pounds. I took some stuff, some extra baggage. The next one, 80 pounds. I'm like, oh no! 
So I had four big bags, they weigh 70 pounds, and I had a handbag and all kind of extra bags on top that I carried through the airport just because I had this extra baggage. And extra baggage is hard because all the way through the airport, so through the airport in Paris, we flew to Dallas 12 hours, through the airport in Dallas, to the airport in Sacramento, through the airport in Sacramento, and I had a tired child. I was carrying that extra chocolate, that extra baggage, all that extra stuff with me through the airport so I didn't have to pay for that extra. Oh, do you see the picture? The extra baggage we carry weighs. It weighs us down. And when I look at these suitcases, sometimes our extra baggage can be antique stuff. It doesn't look like antique, old stuff that we carry around that we should not have packed or that it's time to unpack. And you know, oh, did they take the pink suitcase? Oh, yeah, I want that pink suitcase. Can you ask him? I brought, Pastor Pam, she wrote to us and she asked if I can speak. She, uh, she says, I want to put suitcases on the stage. Can you preach about it? I said, sure. So I need to tell you a story about what happened last year. You know, Destiny is one blessed girl. Because everywhere we go, people bring her gifts. Almost all her clothes, if she sees, she's nicely dressed. So someone bought that for her, okay? Don't be jealous, okay? Some of you are like on Facebook, man, that ch- uh, yes, that child has a lot. But somebody gave it to her. Her toys, her clothes, she's over and above blessed. So we were in Ohio. And somebody gave her a gift, and when we unwrapped it, it was a pink suitcase. And I brought the pink suitcase here. It was just here five minutes ago. You saw it? Oh, there it is. Thank you so much. I'm like, I brought it. It disappeared. So someone gave this pink suitcase to Destiny, and she was so excited. She was so happy, but it was closed with Ziplocs because it had all kind of stuff in it. It had a passport in it. It has hearing buds in it. It had a little sleeping mask in it. So it was closed with Ziplocs, and I could not open it. So I asked Guy, Guy, do you have a scissor? You know, we're always on the road. You know, it looks glamorous, but it's not always so glamorous, okay? Let me tell you the truth. So, uh, Guy said, I have no scissor, but after like five minutes, he came back and he said, do you know, I have this little pouch for the nails, and I think it has a little nail scissor in it. I said, okay, great. So, I put the suitcase down, and I took the little scissor, and it was hard to cut, and I cut it, and I had to push hard, and the little scissor went into my finger. And it was very sharp. It was a little scissor, but it was very sharp. And I was there with Destiny, and I saw it started to bleed proficiently. It started to bleed proficiently. And I just called Guy, and I said, hey, Guy, 
just take care of Destiny for a minute. I didn't say anything. I didn't want Destiny to be in panic. Because you know, when something happens, we can put everybody in panic mode. So I uh, went into the bathroom and it was really bleeding proficiously and it, uh, the floor started to be all over blood and you know the white towels at the hotel so I was trying to clean it and then I wrapped a little towel around it but it didn't want to stop bleeding. So after a while he came and said, are you okay? I said, yes, I'm okay but I had a small cut in my finger. And then he opened the door. He said, oh, I need to go downstairs at the hotel and ask if they have a bandage or something that we, we can close the wound with. And I'm like, oh, no, I'll be okay. Don't you worry. This is just a small thing. I, I, I have it. It's okay. <laughs> you know, when we have a problem or a, a cut or a wound, that's how many times we react. Oh, it's going to pass away. Oh, we don't need to do anything with it. It's okay. I'm a strong girl. I have this. Come on. This is not my first rodeo. We, you know we are mamas. Come on. So, it stopped bleeding and I had a little towel around it and it was cold in Ohio, but our hotel, the people that booked it, they specially booked it so that we would have a pool on the inside of the hotel. Many hotels have pools outside, but during the winter you cannot swim. So the people we were with in Ohio, they specially booked the hotel so that Destiny could swim. Because you know our girl lives in hotels almost every day. It might seem glamorous for a few days, but if you stay in hotels every day, it's something else. So I told her, we are going to go swim today. So when I saw my wound on my finger, I was like, Key, I think you have to go swim with Destiny because there's no way that I'm going to go in the pool. But it was freezing outside, so we were at the pool. I was sitting on the side of the pool. Guy was swimming with Destiny. And I thought, I need a lot of towels to wrap Destiny in because it's cold outside. The hallways are not so warm. The pool is warm. So I took like five towels so that I could wrap her all the way and, you know, make sure that she'll be okay, that she won't have a cold. So when I took the towels from the rack... My finger, that cut, it opened again. And it was like, if this was the rack with towels, that there was blood. I, I made a way of blood. Like everywhere I went, there was blood splashing. And I'm like, oh no, this is gross. Oh no, oh no. So I started to clean it and I was holding my finger and I'm like, oh, there is no way that this... This is pool is everywhere blood now. So I went to tell them at the hotel if they could bring a mop or something that we could clean the blood. So I kept my finger quiet all afternoon and I thought, oh, I don't, it's gonna go, it's, it's, it's okay. So we went to eat that evening and the whole pastor's family, the kids, the grandkids, everybody was there and we ate like at a, kind of Japanese restaurant where they have this fire that, uh, what's it called? Benihana, yes, it's like a fire. So everything was good. I had my towel around my finger and the pastor's son said, Ilk, is your finger okay? I say, oh, yes, 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 I'm okay, no worries. <laughs> you know how we do. 
But we, there was so much food, and uh, you know now Guy eats only half of the portions that he used to eat. So, uh, so I said, okay, let's take some food to go so where we can maybe eat it tomorrow. So they give us to-go boxes and a to-go bag. And when I picked up that to-go bag, oh no. It was like, you know, the bag had like lines of blood. It was almost like in a horror movie. It was like, the, the blood was on the floor. The blood was, and I'm like, oh no. And when all that was going on, a phrase came to my mind and it said, if you never heal from what hurt you, you bleed on people who didn't cut you. Let me say it again. If you never heal from what hurt you, you bleed on people who didn't cut you. I had a cut in my finger. And many of you, you too, you have been cut. It might have been a small cut, a big cut with a big scar or a deep cut. The mine was small but very deep. Somebody hurted you, somebody betrayed you, somebody stabbed you in the back, maybe somebody abused you emotionally, they told you you're nothing, you're stupid, maybe somebody physically abused you, beat you, maybe somebody sexually abused you, maybe someone left you, your husband left you, your father left you, somebody you loved left you, and you had a cut. And many times when we have a cut, we don't deal with it right away. We say, I'm a strong girl. Come on, this mama here, this grandma. <laughs> Just like me, I was saying, oh, this is nothing. Come on, a small cut from a little scissor for a stupid suitcase. Come on. <laughs> for this stupid suitcase. But because I didn't deal with it, wherever I came, and the pool, and the restaurant, and if we don't deal with our wounds, we'll be bleeding in the church, we'll be bleeding while we sing in the choir, we'll be bleeding when we go to our job, we'll be bleeding when our kids visit us, we'll be bleeding on our grandkids, we will be bleeding all over. All over, all over, we're spreading the blood. I meet you, I give you a sharp reaction, I bled on you. I meet you, I give you a mean look, I bled. Somebody wants to hug you and you're like a... <laughs> you just bled on that person. Not being able to receive their love, you bled on them. And it's like... Many people, they bleed on the people, and you know on which people that they bleed? On the ones that never hurt them. And they bleed on the people they love the most. The people that we love the most are sometimes the victim of our unwillingness to deal with our hurts and wounds and our cuts. And you love your kids to the moon and back, 
or you had a hard day at work or something happened and you just yell at them or you're just angry at them and they become the victim of your bleeding. You love your husband, you, love, you would do anything for him, but it's like you're bleeding all over him. He says, you look so good. You say, you want sex again. You bleed over him. <laughs> he, he, I don't know, he says something. Can you put some more pepper in the, in, or, or salt in the food? And you come up with a, is it not good again? I did it. You bleed all over. Even though he was not trying to attack you, but you received it as an attack because you were hurt and wounded. Some people belittled you. Some people, when you grow up, belittled you. And many of us, we have antique baggage. We have antique wounds that we are still carrying and that we are still bleeding over. So the pastor's wife, she came and she said, Ilka, do you want me to take you to the ER? And I'm like, take me to the ER? I, I could not put the two together, a stupid finger bleeding and going to the ER. <laughs> I said, oh no, there's no way I'm going to the ER. So then a few minutes later, she said, okay, Ilka, I will take you to the pharmacy. I said, okay. You know, the pharmacy, that's okay. You do whatever you want to do. So she put me in a chair, and I don't know if it was Walgreens or CVS. And you know, the pastor's wife, she was super caring, super gentle, super loving. Have you ever met somebody that's like super caring, super gentle, super loving? That's the way she was. And she said, you go ahead and sit on this chair and I'll take care of you. And I was like, wow. I was sitting there and I felt nobody has ever cared for me like this. And I had this picture of the Holy Spirit is my helper. When I'm bleeding, the Holy Ghost is my helper. And she came and she brought the bandage and she brought all, you know, she brought several things disinfectant. And then she said, Ilka, do you know this? I said, no, I don't know this. I'm not, you know, I'm not used, to, I'm not a nurse. You know, I love people, but all the blood and stuff, that's not for me. <laughs> so she said, this is liquid bandage. And I'm like, I've never heard about liquid bandage. She said, it's like a super glue. She said, if you have a wound and you put liquid bandage on it, it's like a super glue and the wound will never open again. And when I sat there, you know, I had never heard the word liquid bandage. You know, my first language is not English and I've never seen that. I was like, liquid bandage? <gasps> I thought, wow, liquid bandage that closes every wound and the wound will never open again? I thought about, wow, there is some other liquid bandage that I know about. There is some liquid bandage and that liquid bandage, when it comes and heals you, it will close every wound and that wound 
a liquid bandage. And when the blood of Jesus touches you, when the blood of Jesus comes and heals those wounds that you've had, The liquid love of Jesus, the liquid love of Jesus that touches you, that closes every wound. Oh, when she told me liquid bandage, liquid love, I was like, wow, that's what the blood of Jesus does for us. We don't have to continue to bleed. We don't have to be bleeding until we die. There is a solution for the bleeding. It is the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus that heals from every wound. And I was thinking about this and I was like, it is okay to bleed at the doctors. But it is not okay to bleed all over like I did. When you come to Jesus, it is okay to bleed. Because he will help you stop the bleed. That's why when you have been bleeding, when you have words, when you have wounds, when you have pain, when you have deep issues, bring them to Jesus. Bring them to Jesus. Tell him your problems. Tell him what you've been through. If you've been suffering, it's okay to come and tell it to Pastor Pam. She will pray for you and the Holy Ghost will help you come through all these problems, all this pain and all this suffering. But it is not okay to go bleed all over. Because the doctor knows how to heal your wound. And we have the doctors of doctors. His name is Jesus. And he wants to close every wound that you're dealing with. And trauma is an emotional response to a terrible event that took place. An accident, a rape, a disaster. And many people have been through trauma. Not because of your own doing, own doing many times, but because of other people's doing. But I'm telling you, the doctor of doctors is here and he wants to come with his liquid bandage, his liquid love, and just super glue all those wounds. And no one will ever know that you've been through what you've been through because of him, because of Jesus. And don't wound others to heal yourself. That's why you got to heal, not just for you. You got to heal for your husband. You have got to heal for your kids. You got to heal for your grandkids. You got to heal for this church. You got to heal for your friends. You got to heal for the people around you at your job. It is very, 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 very important that we all heal. Me too. We got to heal. Don't just go through your hurts, but grow through your hurts. Amen. And today I want to look at things that we have to let go of. When I was at the airport this week, man, I had to take all that stuff out of my suitcase. I had to become, I had, I didn't pack well. If you see now still, if you see a car, it is full of suitcases. 
I didn't pack well. And sometimes we have to be wise in our packing, wise in what we carry, wise in what we bring with us. Because we all carry a lot of stuff. And if I sit with you, I will know and talk to you, I'll know what you carry. But even just looking at you here, I can see some of the stuff that you carry. Good things and bad things. And that's why we got to unpack some stuff. Man, I had to unpack at the airport. Oh, my suitcase had to be... And then I came in Dallas, and you know, we have very big suitcases. I came in Dallas, they, someone at the airport dropped the suitcase, the whole hard case had split in two, it lost a wheel. Oh, no! I'm like, did I pack those suitcases too heavy? That is too much. That is too much. Oh, like but sometimes we are packed too heavy and we are like, oh, I oh, every day, oh, every day, oh, oh, oh. It's like a heavy backpack that we carry. It's like a heavy load that we carry. It's like, it's not, it's time to shake it off and throw it off and have rid of it. Okay. <laughs> Unpack, unpack the bags. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Unpack. You know, she's used to have suitcases all the time. So sometimes we are so heavily packed that it's like it wears us down. We are like, you know how you have a crooked back or a bend? It's like we are so heavy loaded. That, that, when you saw me this week at the airport, I was like, how in the world? I was pushing two on this side, both 70 pounds, two on this side, handbag, I don't know, my handbag, all together it might have been 150 pounds. I had my baby and I was, they, she knows when, when we arrive somewhere, we can But sometimes that's how we walk through life. I'm tired. Oh, no, no. No. If you're tired, have anxiety, you're wear out, you feel so stressed, it is time to open that suitcase and to throw some stuff out and to unpack those things. And today I want to look at what we can let go of. And Psalm 446 verse 10 says, Be still and know that I'm God. And you know, when you go to Hobby Lobby, they have sometimes those frames and those frames that they sell, it says, be still, let go and let God. Be still, let go and let God. And letting go, it's like when you have a balloon with helium, my destiny loves balloons with helium, and you let it go and then you say, bye, 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 bye. And it goes up and it is gone. That is what we have to do with certain circumstances, certain pains in our lives. We don't have to wait to have revenge. We don't have to wait for a payback. We don't have to wait to still deal with it and still think about it all the time. Sometimes it's like the pain of our life, we cherish it. It's like... It's stinking, but because we have an emotional attachment to it, it's like it becomes our baby in a negative way. We cherish it. We, we think about it. We want to have revenge. We even pray about it, but the prayer is like, 
It, it's because that is your, it, it's almost became your identity. It almost, be, what you've been through almost became who you are. And today we have to let go of that. Your identity is not in what you've been through. Your identity is not your pain, but your identity is who you are in Christ. You are loved, you are accepted, you're more than a conqueror, and you win in life. And be still in this verse means snap out of it. Have you ever seen those dancers? Like they break dance. It's like, I can't do it. But they, it's like they snap out, snap out of it. <laughs> Wake up. Stop fearing. Acknowledge who you are and be in awe. So we got to snap out of it. We got to wake up. We got to stop fearing. We got to acknowledge who we are and we have to be in awe. And we have to make a radical decision to let go. And I'm here to help you today to shake you up a little bit and say, come on, let go of that old stuff. Let go of those old antique suitcases. Ah, let go of those old nasty stinking stuff. Because sometimes it's urgent that your heart needs to follow what your mind and spirit already know. What I'm telling you is not new today. But your, your mind and your spirit already know it. But it's time that your heart catches up to what you already know. And that's why you need the Holy Ghost. You need the helper. I needed that lady to take me to the CVS or the All Greens Pharmacy. Sit me down and deal with that wound. And I'm here like today. And I'm telling you, come on girls, sit down. It's time to deal with that wound. We have the liquid bandage. We have the blood of Jesus. Today we are closing that wound forever. Never to open it again. Never to be a victim again. Amen. Isaiah 43 verse 18 and 19. Do not dwell on the past. Or another version says, do not remember the things that have happened before. Remembering. Dwelling. And I'm telling you, most of the time, it's when we are in our bed, when we are lonely, when we have our moment. You know, when all is well, it's good. But when you have migraine headaches, when you have like a brain fog, some girls have it before their periods. It's like you feel in a funk. You don't feel good. You don't know what's going on. It's, it's like weird. You were happy and suddenly you feel sad and you feel down. That is when you have to say, out. I am not going to think about this anymore. I am not going to make up stories in my mind anymore. Because we are master story makers. And we love to make stories about the things that have hurted us. The things that have wounded us. And we put all the dots together. And we make a, like a grand movie about it in our mind. And we even are... And you know everybody in our movie says what we want them to say. We are the producer, we are the star, we are the co-star, we are the, the, the script writers, we, we are everything in our mind. And we tell people what to say and we have those movies in our mind and everybody says, 
And then at those moments, and it makes us down, it brings depression, it gives anxiety, and we have to let it go. We have to put the scripts down that we have been writing in our mind about yourself, about other people, about your husband, about your kids, about your grandkids, about this church, about your pastor, about people in your life. Lay down your scripts and be hopeful because the Lord says, I am doing a new thing. Say he's doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the, in the wasteland. The wilderness is like, you know, I'm feeling. Anybody has ever had a day? All of us. That's when he says when you feel, when you're in the wilderness, I am making a road there out. And when you're in the desert, I'm making a river. So he says, let go of the past. I am doing a new thing. And where everything is, I am making a road and I'm making a river. A road is a way out and a river is to quench your thirst. He will take care of you. Let it go and let God and be still. And not just still in your mouth, but make sure your mind is still. Because many times the battle is there. Make sure your mind is still. When your mind is going like a crazy, when your mind is spinning, when your mind is on the roll, just click stop. Stop. No more. I'm not going to click pause, but I, with the remote control in my mind, I say stop. No more. You know, it is dead. It is gone. It is over. And it is time to bury it. It is time to bury because it's smelling up your life and no one wants to be near your rotted corpses of memories and decaying attitudes. You know, whenever I came back from the poo in the bathroom, you know, from, from the poo, I came back to the bathroom, all that blood had turned out like a brownish color and it was like nasty. And you know, after COVID, they don't clean your hotel rooms every day anymore. Only like, so what I did was I took a big towel. I packed up all those stinking, nasty, bloody towels. I wrapped them all up and I put them in front of our door. I was like, out with that stinking blood. What if destiny sees this? What, what, what? Guy doesn't have to see this. My house, my room has to be clean. Out with the stinking corpses. Out with all the stinking stuff. Out with all the decaying stuff. You know, you can come close to people and it's like, oh, they, they, their attitude stinks. Oh, oh no, oh, oh no, 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 no. But you know, we have to get rid of the rotted corpses of memories that we carry around. Those memories are like rotten corpses and it's like we carry all those rotten corpses around. It's time that you have a funeral. That you are the funeral director of your own life and that you bury that thing. Come on. Today we are digging up that grave and all the pain from that abuse, we're putting it in the grave and we are filling that hole. Bye bye. You know, we say goodbye. Goodbye. Isn't that amazing? Good. Bye. And sometimes we like to hold on. 
I don't want you to leave. I want you to stay. Oh, you know, my destiny, everywhere we go, we go two days, she makes friends, and then we have to go again. It's hard. But I'm telling you, there is a good and goodbye. And it is time that you say goodbye. That you dig up that grave, that you throw that stuff in there, that you put that dirt back on and say goodbye. Because nobody wants to be around people that have rotten attitudes, that always bring up memories from the past. You know, I know your husband, he had an affair 30 years ago. You're still hurting and you bring this up every other day. Come on. Let it go. I know somebody abandoned you or your father was not there for you and, and, and all that stuff. I know it is painful. It is hurtful. But come on, now you're 65 years old. You still cry about the things that happened to you when you were five years old, 12 years old. Come on. Goodbye. Goodbye. Let it go. It doesn't help your advancement. It doesn't help you and it doesn't help no one around you. We need mamas that are healthy. We need grandmas that are healthy. We need girls that are healthy. We need women that are healthy and strong in the Lord. With Jesus, we are no longer victims. We are victors. And every stumbling, stock, st every stumbling stone can become your stepping stone. What we carry matters. Some of you, you need to dig up a hole and be the funeral director of that funeral and bury those stinking corpses. Because what you carry matters. The and the more you let go, the higher you're going to go. Because when you create space, you make space for something better. If I empty half of my suitcase... I had this person with me, they say, you bring that much chocolate, you're a chocolate smuggler. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not a chocolate smuggler. <laughs> Thank God they allow you to bring chocolate. If it was other stuff, they wouldn't allow you. But sometimes we fight to hold on to. And we fight to let go because it's our identity and we thrive in it. But it's time to let it go. And don't ruin a good day by thinking about a bad day. Today is your day to let go of things that no longer serve you. Philippians 3 verse 13 and 14. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind me and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, I want to look today at different things that we need to let go of. And letting go means mentally releasing attachment to something. So mentally, you got to release the attachment you have to something. Your mind can be so attached to something that it controls your life. And mentally, we have to cut it off. Instead of fighting for someone to be in our lives or for something to turn out a certain way, we have to let go of that need or desire and instead accept what is or what needs to happen and trust our life in God's hands. We women, we like to control everything and we want it to go a certain way. But letting go means I let go of the control and I give the Holy Ghost the control. So the first thing we need to let go of is the past hurts. 
say past hurts. Somebody broke your heart, somebody let you down, somebody mistreated you, somebody lied about you, somebody talked about you, somebody betrayed you, somebody disappointed you, somebody took your kindness for weakness, somebody stabbed you in the back, somebody thought that you, that you thought that they were walking with you, but you found out that they were jealous of you. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Some say that time heals emotional wounds, but I think that it's only letting go that heals emotional wounds. Because there's people after 50 years, 70 years, 10 years, they still carry it. So it is letting go that heals emotional wounds. And hate and anger are heavy to carry. Stop locking yourself in the prison of your past. Don't take a courageous decision and let it go. And you know, when you have been hurt, don't you let it go, but don't forget what it taught you, okay? I'm not saying that you just let go of everything. You have a lesson to learn from it, that it will not happen again. But let go of that pain, let go. It's like a honeybee that stings someone. And they say that if you leave the stinger in, that it, the venom continues to pump. But if you're stung by a bee, if you can take the stinger out right away, there will not be that much venom that goes through your blood. But sometimes when we get stung by a bee, it's like we say, going through the drama it's pumping 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 and the more we get nervous the more we get agitated the more we the, the more it the blood streams faster 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 and the more that venom goes through us but if we can stick that stinger out right away there'll be less venom that goes through us. And that is what we have to do. When you get hurt, I'm telling you, hurt people hurt people. And everybody's hurt in a way. So if you hang out, even your best friend, your best girlfriend, if you hang out with people, you will be hurt. But whenever you get hurt, let the light go on. Oh, I'm hurt. I have to take that stinger out right away. I'm no not letting bitterness, anger, hatred control me. I have to let it go and I have to forgive. I have to forgive not for them but for myself. The second thing we have to let go of is past places. We, I talk, we talk to a pastor from a very large church. He has thousands of people. And he told a story and he said, 30 years ago, he was a drug addict and he was a drug dealer. And one day he had this moment. And he said, 30 years later, he had a large church of thousands. He took a stroll and he drove downtown his city and he was not feeling well and he... he it was just, uh. and he said he stopped on the curve of the corner where he went, used to go buy drugs and sell drugs. And he said he felt so bad that day, and he got out of his car and he got drugs and he took the drugs. 
And he said, I had a revelation that I should have never gone back to the places that the God brought me out of. And there are some places that I can visit that you should not visit. There are some places that she can go to that you shouldn't go to. Why? Because something happened in that place that you should not visit. That's where you took drugs. That's where you hang out and slept with men. That's where you, or you were getting drunk. That's where you were doing all the crazy stuff. That is where you had a traumatic experience that happened. Let it go. Don't go there. Especially when you have that uh, day. When you feel like it's all cloudy and it's all you're not you're not feeling that well don't go let go of those places some people they are like oh my ex every day after his job he goes to the 7-eleven or he goes to walmart at 5 p.m today i feel lonely i don't feel good i'm gonna just dress up nicely and i'm just gonna stroll uh, close to 7-eleven or close to walmart and i'm just gonna be there And then he shows up at five and you're, oh, hi, it's been a long time since I've seen you. How are you doing? That, it's a coincidence that we meet here. No, it's no coincidence. You set it up. <laughs> and you're just ready to fall in the trap again. And it's when we feel lonely, when we're going to have our periods, when you have that time in the month, when somebody hurts you, when somebody abandons you, when you feel like the world has come against you and you just need somebody to love you. You would just go to that place where you know something in your heart is pulling. You are so lonely, baby. Nobody loves you, oh, baby. Be careful. Don't go to the places where you're not supposed to go. And Pastor Pam can go there. She can go there, but you shouldn't be going there. Don't lie to yourself. You cannot move forward looking backward. There are some people, for example, also, your loved one passed away and you go to the graveyard every day. The graveyard... Let me tell you, it's a place of sadness, it's a place of depression, it's a place of fear. People commit suicide there, people do the craziest things there. Baby, don't go to the graveyard to cry and cry and cry and cry and cry and cry. You go to places that bring you hope, peace, joy. You go to church, you meet people where there is joy and the Holy Ghost, where there is hope. Because my next point of what we need to let go is let go of past mourning. And some people, past mourning, some people, it's okay, it's okay to mourn. 
Okay? Because the Bible speaks about mourning. If you lose a loved one, it's okay to be sad and it's okay to cry. Because that's how God created us. We have emotions. But let me read this to you in 1 Samuel 16 verse 1. And the Lord said unto Samuel, how long will thou mourn for Saul? So the Lord asked to Samuel, how long will you be mourning for Saul? That means that mourning has an expiration date. It is okay to mourn. It is normal to mourn. God gave us emotions. It's normal that you be sad. But mourning has an expiration date. It cannot be that five years after you've lost somebody, 10 years after you've lost somebody, 20 years after you lost somebody, that you're still crying every day, that you're still going to the cemetery all the time, and that you have not moved on with your life, and that you have this pain, this heavy suitcase that you carry everywhere, and that you cannot fulfill your life purpose, that you cannot take care of your family, and that you cannot do what God has called you to do you see this and it is very painful to have a miscarriage it is very painful to lose a baby it is very painful to lose your mom and dad it is very painful to lose your, your husband or your spouse or, or somebody that you really love I don't deny this it is painful but we have the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost is our helper and the Holy Ghost is always with us and you are never alone and he will help you through the mourning process and he will bring you out on top. But you cannot mourn past the expiration date. That you cannot take care of your family. That you cannot do that. that it's like your life stopped there. Move on. Move on. Let it go. God asked Samuel, how long will thou mourn for Saul? Maybe I can ask you, how long will you mourn for that loved one that you lost? I know you miss them. That's okay. But mourning past the expiration date, that it takes, sucks all your energy out, that it takes all your strength out. It is not okay. It is time for you to make a conscious decision and say, I let it go today. The next thing we have to let go of is our past sins. You know, there are no perfect people in this world. Everybody has made a mistake. Everybody has missed the mark. Everybody has blown a chance. Everyone has squandered a privilege and neglected an opportunity. We have all done things that we shouldn't have done. But some people, it's like their sins hound them, hunt them and hinder them. They come to church, they open the door of the church, they just step in, something says, you're guilty, you're guilty. You did that, you did that, you did that, you did that. You're not worthy to come to church. The God doesn't love you, you're a sinner, you're guilty. You wanna read the word, you wanna read the Bible? Some people, it's like their mind is bombarded. You're guilty, 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 guilty. You, God doesn't love you. How can he love a sinner just like you? You listen to worship music. I'm telling you, some people, it's really strong in them. They listen to worship music. They sing, he's a good, good father. And the, 
A father can never forgive his daughter that did this, 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 this. I want to tell you today, it's the day that you have to let go of your past sins. The adultery, the addiction, the, the, the whatever, whatever, whatever. When you are in Christ, you are a new creation. You are a new creation. The old things have passed away and all things have become the old things have passed away and all things have become do no longer give the hand to the devil and let him lie to you and put you down when you come to church when you pray when you read the bible when you worship you come confidently to god with confidence i am his daughter i'm his favorite i'm his child i'm his beloved can you say i'm his beloved i'm his favorite I'm so, 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 super, super, super loved. I am forgiven. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. No matter what you've done, you are never too low to be lifted. Never too dirty to be cleansed. Never too broken to be fixed. Never too lost to be found. Never too empty to be filled. Never too hurt to be healed. Never too crippled to be cured. Never too sinful to be saved. Never too fractured to be mended. And God wants to give you a brand new start. Come on, all those sins that like haunt you and you carry, carry. Come on, dig up that grave. Bam, inside. Close it and bye-bye. Goodbye. Many Christians, they live in guilt and shame and pain. And they do not really know who they are in Christ. That's why they're defeated. That's why they don't love themselves. They cannot love others. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he has made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. That we might be the righteousness of God in him. Woo! I love this. I had sin, but he had no sin. And I became the righteousness of God. Because he had no sin. Oh, you are righteous before God. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Psalm 103, 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. You've got to be excited about the future, about the new season. Because he has put all your sins far away from you. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel embarrassed. Don't feel ashamed. Out with the antique sins. Out with the condemnation. Out. The next thing we have to let go of is past relationships. Letting go means that to come to the realization that some people are part of your history and some people are part of your destiny. And we have to hook up, be connected to, to the people that are connected to our destiny. And we have to say goodbye to the people that are connected to our history. And that is not always easy. Because many people that have a day 
what they do is they have a bad day and they take their phone and they type in the name of their ex on Facebook and they are just like romantic about the past. He beat you, he broke your arm, but something in you wants to go back. You miss him so much. You miss him so much. You go on Facebook, you type in his name, and there he pops up. And there you see he's with another girl, and you start to cry, and tears run over your face. Uh, and uh, Or you look on your phone, and you, oh, you miss him so much. You miss him. And then you accidentally push the call button, and then you quickly hang up. And then he calls you back and you say, oh, it was just a pocket dial. Oh, it was just my child that pushed the button. <laughs> and then you talk, oh, you feel the butterflies in your stomach. Oh, there you go. And there's certain girls. Okay, let me tell you. Men are moved by what they see. My husband loves the blonde hair, red lipstick. <laughs> because they are moved by what they see. Have you seen some rich men? They go for these gorgeous girls. They are not even smart or intelligent, but all they go for is for what they see. Okay? So girls, if you want to be in favor with your husband, make sure you look good. <laughs> she said red lipstick. <laughs> okay, tomorrow we should all come with red lipstick, okay? <laughs> Are we going to try tomorrow we all come with red lipstick and we give a kiss to our husband? <laughs> Okay, 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 okay. Men are moved by what they see. But women and girls are moved by what they So there are certain men, they have a gift to wrap all the girls around their finger. Yes, be careful. That dude has slept with a hundred girls and you have five nice girls in church and they all go for that one guy. He's the loser. He's, he, he, he has ten kids with ten different women, but we all go for that one guy. Why? Because he's a sweet talker and he knows how to wrap them around the finger. So girls, be careful for the sweet talkers. Because when you have a low moment, you just need someone to talk to you. Oh, <laughs> somebody that can make me feel like a girl. Somebody that makes me feel happy. Oh, and we go and we are looking for somebody to nicely, hey, baby, how have you been running on my mind all night? <laughs> I still remember when I was a young girl, I had a boy in the youth, but he was much younger. He sent me a message and he said, uh, if I want to have a gift under the Christmas tree this year, it's you. And I got so shocked. I'm like, did he write that to me? I was like, Whoa. but you know how sweet talk can uh, win our heart? So girls, be careful. 
even older ladies, there are some men, they were just, they want to take all your money. They want to just use you and abuse you. Be careful. They sweet talk you. They, uh, I'm telling you, crazy people out there. And some men, you know, I'm not against men or boys, but I have to tell you the truth. Some men or boys, they have their slick willies and they would just smooth talk. And the girls just fall for them. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> so we have to let go of past relationships. You know, my husband and I, we have a soul tie. And it, it is written in... Um, let me give you the verse. In 1 Samuel 18, verse 1. When David had finished speaking to Saul, the soul, the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own. So here it says, hey girl, can you get up? Yes, please, sweetie. Can you just hold my hand? Yes. You see, they say Jonathan and David, they were good friends. They say, I have your back, you have my back. And here it says that their soul was knitted together. See this? So if I am good friends with you, then it can be that our soul is knitted together. Thank you, sweetie. My husband and I, our soul is knitted together. The Bible speaks about being one flesh. A marriage relationship is a healthy, good relationship. It's a healthy soul tie. And we need good relationships. We all need a good husband. Uh, we all need good friends. We all need a healthy pastor. We all need healthy relationships so that we can be healthy. But also the Bible says in the New Testament, who has bewitched you? So there are relationships in our life, and it's like that person has bewitched us. Some people, they go to a church or a prayer meeting, and they have a kind of prophet or prophetess there, and that person bewitches the sheep. They have to do with their money what the prophet says. When they have to have sex, the prophet has to say it. When they have to do this, the prophet has to say, who has bewitched you? There are some people that they were so under the control and manipulation of someone that they cannot even make choices themselves. They want to go on vacation and they think, what would that person say about it? They want to uh, go eat to the restaurant and they think, well, where, where would that person have gone to eat? They want to make a decision in their life, but it is like everything they do who has bewitched you? Who is controlling you? It is the Holy Spirit from the inside out that lives there, that has to control you. We are led by the Spirit. We are not led by the flesh. And we are not controlled and manipulated by people from the outside. And there are certain people, they're very controlling and manipulative. You got to discern them in your life. You got to be able to have healthy boundaries. And they have to know that no is a full sentence. (laughs) 
because some people don't dare to say no, don't have the guts to say no, don't have the inner strength to say no. And because they cannot say no, people take advantage of them. They get hurt and wounded. The baggage piles up, piles up, piles up, piles up. They carry a heavy load because they were never able to say no. But no is a full sentence. And do you know that takers, they don't love no? Because they want to take everything. Take all your money, take all your energy, take all your love, take all your patience, take all you have, take all your love. Give me, give me, give me, my name is Jimmy. <laughs> But we have to have boundaries. We have to be able to say no. And many bad relationships or unhealthy soul ties come by having sex out of marriage. There are people, they get divorced, they go to the divorce court, and that same day they sleep together and have sex again. Yes, yes, quite a few. If you read in the percentage, they still love each other, but they can't live with each other. But they are still so tied to each other. That's why if you have an ex and you look at him all the time on Facebook, please block him from your Facebook. So when you have an uh, moment that you'll be able to let him go and don't go back. Block the number on your phone. You know that you just look at that number, you just look at that picture and you just like have a drug. Oh. <laughs> Block them. Let go. You know, I talked to one girl and uh, I told her you need to let go of your boyfriend. And then she kept telling me, and she was telling me all kind of stories. And then I said, do you have anything from him? Oh, she said, oh, my bra is his, and the underwear I wear is from him, and the ring I wear. And I'm like, you broke up with him? Oh, yes, but I still want to feel him so close. But there's many people, they still carry the ring of some uh, ring that one boy gave them 60 years ago. They still have it somewhere in their house. I know because I talk to girls and ladies all the time. Maybe what I'm saying sounds crazy to you, but it's a reality. We have, let it go. Get rid, trash all that stuff that he gave you. Then wait for the good husband that God has for you or enjoy the husband that you have now. Make it work. Do everything to make it work. You be a kingmaker. You do everything. And if you've committed sins, repent. Ask forgiveness. Ask forgiveness to God of the adultery, of the uh, fornication. Ask forgiveness. He's here to forgive you. Get rid of what you don't need anymore. Break the rash vows that you've made. You know, I used to always tell Guy, I can't live without you. He told me, no, you can't say that. If one day I go to heaven before you, you can live without me. And sometimes we say, hey, I'll love you forever. You have my heart forever. And then two years later, oh, I love you. You have my heart forever. <laughs> <laughs> And five years later, you have my heart forever. So we got to break those words because if we don't break those words he got your heart forever and the other got your heart forever and he got your heart forever and they all hold your heart forever so break those vows that you have said let them go let them go forgive 
forgive, 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 forgive the person that hurted you, forgive the person that controlled you in church, forgive the person that controlled you at your house, forgive those people. And let's have healthy relationship. What we need in our suitcases is healthy relationship. A good pastor, a, a good husband, a good children, healthy relationships, friends that we can hang out with, that will read the word, that will encourage us, that will push us forward in our destiny, that will go with us and be with us along and that we will move forward instead of going backwards. Amen. The next thing we have to let go is our past failures. There's some people they went bankrupt or they had an affair or they had a divorce or maybe someone went to prison or to jail and it is like they carry that stigma everywhere they go. Even though the other people they meet do not know that, that they had a divorce or that they, I don't know, or that they had a bankruptcy or that something went wrong in their life. People don't know that. But when you talk with them, they bring out all that junk themselves. And then people start to judge you, not because of what they know from others, but because you tell them all your misery and all your junk and all that stuff and all that stuff. Blah, 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 blah. And then people start to see you in a different light. Please keep your trash for yourself, <laughs> dig it up. Bring it to your pastors, but don't spread all your pain and all your hurt and all your trash to everybody. When you come to this church, you're new here. Nobody knows you. You have a new slate. You serve God. You love on people. You begin anew. And don't let your failures from the past stop you. Forget about it. The others will forget about it too. Some people, they're so self-aware. They think, oh, I, I had a, something happened to me, something bad. And now everybody that sees me, sees me in this light. I went bankrupt. And people see me, you went bankrupt. You went this. You have. And everywhere you go, it's like you have a, a spirit of inferiority, a spirit of a suspicion. You, you make up stories in your mind. She sees me and she will see this and she will see that in me. Oh, me nothing. And she will see me and I, she will see all that. No, people don't see that. They see your smile. They see your shiny eyes. They see your joy. They see your love. They feel your hugs. They feel your warmth. They enjoy your cooking. They enjoy you. Give that to them. And let go of your failures. People don't need to know them. Your pastor can know it, but, or a counselor can know it, but don't bring it all around. You bring the best self to all the people around you. That's what you need to carry. Joy, peace, yes. faith. You add something to everybody you meet. Amen? Don't let your past failures define you. Now, another thing that you have to let go of is your past successes. God can clear your history so that it does not clutter the desktop of your soul. But 1 Samuel 15 verse 17 says, When you were little in your own eyes, were you not head of the tribes of Israel? And did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? So that means Samuel... When you were little in your own eyes, 
you were the head of the tribes of Israel and the Lord anointed you as the king of Israel. Sometimes what happens is, for example, me, I can say, I've been to 123 countries. I've preached the gospel in 123 countries. We did so much. We built water wells. We helped poor pastors. We built a school. We helped the people in the war in the Ukraine. We did this. We did that. If you know what I've done in this lifetime, okay. And when we have had successes, we could suddenly become complacent and say, I've done it all. What is there else? I have a successful marriage. It's okay. I build a successful business that makes millions. Okay, okay, I did it, yes. Uh, um, I have a good marriage. I worked on it. We did everything. Okay, yes. Uh, I, we, we build this church here. We are having a good time. Okay. If we are not careful, if we are successful in life, we can just become complacent. We can just become satisfied with the status quo, satisfied with what we've been accomplished, satisfied with what has happened, satisfied. But I'm telling you, if we can become satisfied, if we become just happy with our progress, We would just go to life and say, whatever happens, happens. I have had all the success. No. If the enemy cannot derail you with the horror of your history, then he will try to derail you with the accolades of your achievements. Some of us are worried about the mistakes of yesterday, but sometimes you can become paralyzed by your own progress and your own promotion. And success can make you feel satisfied with the level of your knowledge and unconcerned with the vastness of your ignorance. And we have to not succumb to the enemy called apathy. There is more for you. There is more for me. I am not going to say I've done all this. No, there is more. I have vision for the future. You have vision for the future. You know that there is more. That I have seen a lot of people healed, a lot of people touched. But I know that there is more. And I'm pressing forward. I want to see more people healed. I want to see more souls saved. I want to see more people empowered by the Holy Ghost. I want to see more. I am not going to be a and just sit down and just enjoy life and just do nothing anymore. No, my success will not be my stumbling block, but my success will be my stepping stone for the next success, for the next success, for the next success, for the next thing that God has for you. And some of you, you have experienced success. You have money. You have a good marriage. You have it all together. You have two nice kids and cute little grandkids. And you feel so happy. You feel so satisfied. There is not too much that you need to go let, let go of. I'm telling you, it's time to get up. It's time to let go of apathy and of oh, whatever happens, happens. No, you run with the vision that God has for you. Come on, you are not a pew warmer here. You're called to be in the game. There is a jersey for you in the game. It's time that you are in the game. And it's time that you pack this suitcase with vision, with passion. What are you compelled with? What touches you? You know, I had this picture about a person that is drowning. And they say, help me, help me. And then you have this person that passes by and say, God bless you, I'm praying for you. 
that many of us Christians, we are that way. You know, we travel all over the world. We go to very poor places. And then I see pastor's kids, they have no food. And if I'm just like lukewarm, I'll say, okay, God bless you. I'll pray for you. What would that help? I am called to help them, give them money, and to give that food for their kids. Because they serve God, and they preach the gospel everywhere they go, and they sacrifice so much for the gospel, and I am a nice corner, I would say, oh, God bless you. No, you are called to make the difference. You are the answer for someone that has a problem. You are the missing puzzle, the missing piece in the puzzle. We got to let go of our past hurts, of the places we shouldn't visit, of the people we shouldn't go to, of our successes, of our failures and our past sins. But we should be fully loaded. We should be fully loaded. Not with junk, not, maybe a little chocolate, but not with junk. <laughs> not with junk, not with pain, not with misery, not with the antiquities of the past. You know, certain people also, for example, they say, you know, there was a revival in the 50s and the 60s. And in the 50s and the 60s, what happened? Some people, the only thing they talk about is the 50s, the 60s. It's, you know, I wasn't born yet, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, some people, it's like they the old glory. Come on, there's new glory now. We can learn from the old stuff. We can learn from the old preachers. We can learn. We, we, they had a lot of knowledge and discernment and, and insight and revelation. I'll take it. But it is now. What are we doing now? Who's changing the world now? Are you changing the world now? Are you filled with the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost is a genius and he lives on the inside of you. And if you listen to the Holy Ghost, people will think that you're a genius. Come on, everywhere I go, I want to be the light. I want to be the love. I want to be the feet of Jesus. I want to be the hands of Jesus. What do you carry on the inside? What do people see when they see you? A smile, tinkling eyes, love, peace, joy. What is it when you show up at your house? What do you carry? Come on, we should carry some red lipstick for a husband. <laughs> We should look good because now you know that what you carry matters to him. Sometimes we are like, oh, who cares that I'm beautiful? Who cares that I put on this makeup? Who ca he cares. You might not care, but he cares. So what you carry matters. What you put on matters. What we carry matters. We got to carry vision. Let me ask you one second. What is your vision? What are you working on this year? What are you envisioning? Or are you just living life day by day? Or do you have a vision for your life, for your marriage, for your kid's life, for your job, for this church? They have the vision for this church, but this should also be your vision. That there's no empty seat here, that souls are saved, that the sick are healed, that disciples are made, that the kingdom of God advances in Stockton. 
revival in Stockton. Revival in Lodi. Something has, you have to be propelled by something. I'm telling you, if you're not stirred by something, you just live life. But if you're pushed by a dream, by a vision, you know, we have a glorious life, but sometimes it's a hard life because all the time on flight, all the time heavy suitcases, all the time this. But I am propelled by something. I will not let those ladies at the airport tell me that I have 100 pounds, that this will cost so much that I have. No, I had to go to get to Sacramento so we can come to Stockton, so we can do our tour in the USA. I will not let them defeat me. I'll not let them put me down that long trip. No, I am propelled. I have vision for something. What are you stirred about? Come on, I'm stirred about loving people. That's why everywhere I go, I hug people. But what are you stirred about? Maybe you know how to cook nice quesadilla, nice enchilada, nice, I don't know, whatever. And you feel stirred to give that. You know, uh, two weeks ago, we were at the Christmas party in Belgium, and I said, Lord, what do you want me to do on the Christmas feast? Because they have people, hundreds, coming from all over. And I'm like, the Holy Ghost dropped in me. You need to wrap the bag of this, the back of this lady. Give this lady a massage. That is what came to me. I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. So the lady was working. She was helping with the food. And I just, I saw her and I thought about this thought that came to me. And I just started to rub her back. Oh, she tell me, Ilka, how do you know? I've had this horrible pain in my back and in my neck just where you're massaging me. Oh, uh, how do you know? I'm like, I don't know. But last night when I was praying, what am I going to do tomorrow at church? That was the only thing that came to my mind. And then she told me, do you know that yesterday the, the wife of my brother, he left and they have two small babies and he left. He says, how can you come to me? I want to rub my back. It must be the Holy Ghost. I say, yes. But what are you stirred about? Anyone can come and just rub the back of somebody. All of us can do that. All of us can bring something, give something, do something. You are the missing part in the puzzle for someone. But so many times we are consumed by ourselves and we are consumed by all our luggage. And become so selfish and so self-aware that we forget to give. You know when I give hugs, come sweetie, I'm going to give you a hug. You know that when I hug her, Look at what she's doing. Do you see that picture? People know that I hug all over the place. But what they don't realize, look, look, look what she's doing. Look, 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 look. What you sow is what you reap. What you sow is what you reap. I get hugged. I, I hug and I get hugged. And when you bless, you get blessed. So let you have the Holy Ghost on the inside, the genius. You listen to him because people will think that you're a genius. You walk in faith, in love, in power, in peace. You know, when there is turbulence and a difficult situation, you arrive and you bring peace. You arrive and you bring faith. You say, it's all going to be okay. You know, we were in Ohio and there was a lady, she had stage four cancer. And I came to her and she told me her story. And I said, you are going to be okay. And she told me, 
I took that word and that word, I never let that go. Ilke said it was going to be okay. And now 12 years later, no cancer. But she took that word that I, and I don't even remember that I said that word. But one word that you carry on the inside, full of faith, full of hope, full of love can change somebody's life. That's why let's have a great attitude. What you carry matters. What you carry matters. You have the Holy Ghost in the inside. He will give you vision that will propel you. You have faith, hope, and love on the inside of you. Let's carry it out. Let's stop being so self-aware, so consumed by ourselves. But let's start to give out. We are distribution center. We are not takers. It's like the Dead Sea, it only takes. That's why it's dead, but it doesn't give out. We are called to give out. And today I want to pray. If you say, I need to let go of things. I need to let go of pain and hurt. I need to let go of people. I need to let go of failure. I need to let go of mourning past the expiration date. I need to let go of places. And you say, I want the liquid love of Jesus to come and close the wounds. The Bible says perfect love casts out fear. His perfect love is here today to love in you. His liquid love is here today to love on you and to close every wound. If you say, I need to let go, I need the wound to be healed, I want to invite you to come to the front. Come, come. The liquid love of Jesus is here. The liquid love of Jesus is here. The liquid love of Jesus is here. Come, please don't stay. Please don't stay. Because the liquid love of Jesus in his here. And for me, just that super glue did it. That super glue, the love of Jesus is here today. Come, come, come. Please don't stay. You know, that, that was me. I told my husband, oh, I don't need any help. That's not me. Oh, I'm okay. I don't go downstairs to the hotel. I'm okay. Oh, it's no. Come, come. The perfect love of Jesus, the perfect love, the perfect love, perfect love. The perfect love touches you now. Perfect love, the perfect love. Perfect love, the perfect love. And I want you to talk to him. And I want you to say the names of the people that you need to let go of. The hurts and the pain that you need to go let to go off. The failures that you need to let go of. Tell him, today I'm digging up a grave and I'm burying all that stinking stuff, all those rotten corpses.
I think about the Lord, how He saved me, how He healed me. He's here to heal you. The blood of Jesus shed for me, way down on Calvary. That blood that gives me life from day to day. It will never, ever, 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 ever lose its power. It reaches from the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. The blood of Jesus that gives me strength from day to day. It will never, ever, ever, ever lose its power. And today we make a demand on the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus that heals. The blood of Jesus that sets free. The blood of Jesus that comes and removes every stinger. Remove the stinger. Thank you, Lord, that you're removing the stinger. That stinger that pumps all that venom in their mind all the time. That stinger that brings all those stories. That stinger. Thank you, Lord, that you take today away that stinger. Take away the stinger and heal deep on the inside.